Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Katherine Miller. Divorce Dialogues brings expert guests to the airways to talk through your divorce questions and fill in the gray areas about separating. From thinking about divorce, to how to behave during divorce, to what to do after, this is Divorce Dialogues. Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Katherine Miller. I'm the founder of the Miller Law Group and a trainer at the Center for Understanding in Conflict. And I am on a mission to change how people divorce and help them divorce with dignity. And I'm really excited today to welcome Judy Herman. She is a relationship wellness advocate, and she equips high achieving women in the helping professions go from trauma drama into vibrant karma. Recovery and thriving through her personal relationship journey, Judy has written two impactful books, Beyond Messy Relationships and Relationships with Purpose. When she's not facilitating retreats, coaching, or speaking to audiences, you can find her planning international trips or outdoor adventures. Often it's hikes with family and friends or backyard adventures with her young grandchildren. Welcome, Judy K. Herman. It is a thrill and a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Catherine. I'm very honored to be here. And yeah, I'm excited about what, what how this dialogue will unfold. Great. Well, you know, before we get into some of the things that you might really be able to help our audience with and understanding relationship dynamics and, and things like that, how is it that you got into this field and into and, and what inspired you to write these two books? Great question. What I didn't mention before also that your audience might want to know is also I'm a mental health professional. So what got me into writing these two books and into this profession, I have been trying to figure out relationships all my life. I raised my four children in the framework of very conservative faith denomination. You don't divorce. You you let the husband be the leader of the family. The wife is submissive and all of that. So given all of that and from where I've come from, it's been my my whole life journey, basically. I've been, like I said, trying to figure out relationships all my life. So I, when my youngest was about in kindergarten, I, I decided to resurrect those old transcripts from my my bachelor's degree and then pursue a master's. So I pursued my master's degree, then also got into becoming a licensed professional counselor. So then, you know, seeing also the back ends, you know, the stories of others in the privacy of my counseling office has been really amazing for me, giving me insight into my own life. I mean, being in this profession, you you have a lot of self-awareness. And that's the journey that we're on. Well, to make a long story short, that first marriage of 30 years ended in divorce, which at this stage in my life, I like to say, well, it came to a natural completion. I don't even like the D word, Catherine, (laughs) but I know we have to use it. But it didn't always used to be that way. Like Like everybody else, there was a lot of conflicts trying to sort things out. Then I did get remarried. And married my dance partner, best friend. We had great chemistry on the dance floor. We got married and quickly realizing, oh, there's some similar dynamics coming up with this marriage versus the last marriage, but two very separate husbands and separate marriages and different dynamics. The only thing is, is that my second husband had bipolar disorder. 
Well, I was a mental health therapist. I had this insight. And I guess both of us were fooling ourselves. Number one, I was not aware of the severity of his illness and what those episodes would end up looking like, even though I had that clinical knowledge of it. So so what happened four and a half years into the marriage is that there was a break with reality that he experienced. And I don't know how old some of your listeners are, but if you're in the baby boomer generation, you'll remember the twilight zone. It's kind of like, <laughs> I woke up and thought, oh my gosh, this it was just a, a surreal, scary place to be for a season. And that was in 2014. So to make a long story short, the catalyst for me to write my books has been that his break with reality, that marriage did eventually end in divorce, but it's kind of unique because he recovered to the point of becoming my biggest cheerleader in writing that first book, Beyond Messy Relationships. Now, most therapists who write books write about the intense and dramatic stories of their clients. For me, I wrote my own intense and dramatic story. It was very healing for me. I do show up as a therapist at the beginning of each of the chapters. So I give readers some insights into their own relationship dynamics, their own patterns, and to try to make sense of the messy relationships. So that was the story behind my first book. And uh, before I go on and on, I think I might need to take a pause in case you have any questions about yeah, that. I mean, I think that I, I one of the things that I really love about Brene Brown's books is that willingness to share her own story. Mm-hmm. And of course, she's writing about vulnerability and, you know, and, and shame and a lot of that stuff that is very personal and revealing. But it really does demonstrate, I think, her own commitment to the work in sharing her own story as an illustration of the thing she's talking about. And it makes her and the concept so relatable. So I really like what you're talking about, Judy, about being able to demonstrate your interest in working with other people and your own personal experience of the journey that your clients could be going through and your readers, right? That whether or not somebody ever actually personally speaks with you, that this is a personal journey for each of us in our relationships. And there's two sides to it, right? And there's whatever we're dealing with in terms of our partner and things we really can't control. You know, maybe we could influence it a little bit, but the idea that we're going to change somebody. <laughs> yeah, doesn't work. <laughs> I think that's not a great way to go into any relationship. And, you know, I, I say that with, you know, from a personal place as well. You always think, well, I, I can change that or I can overlook something. That turns out to be a non-negotiable, you know, later on. And so, yeah, thank you for that. And so, and the second book, what motivated you to write the second book? Okay. The second book, there's a story. The story behind that is that, so the first book was published. We had like a book launch in 20, it, it was released in September of 2019. So we had a big celebration in here in Chattanooga. I'm in the Chattanooga, Tennessee area. And you know, husband on stage giving me flowers, we all celebrated. Well, as we all know, just a few weeks after that time period is when COVID happened. So the signs of his illness, which just to give your listeners some baseline here too, not all bipolar disorder looks alike. It's very, it's in various degrees, it's on a spectrum. What my second marriage was going through was then I was able to see the signs after having gone through it before and then his recovery. So there was this long runway 
And it didn't show up until May of 2020, in which he said, Judy, I need to go to the hospital. Well, little did I realize that his delusions were in full force at that point. And he went to the hospital and did not return in his right mind. So I find myself as a, you know, someone who specializes and is known for relationships and mental health. And I was like really facing that, oh, I'm going to be a twice divorced relationship therapist. The, the marriage simply was not viable. So I went through that in 2020. Now, for the first time ever in my life, Catherine, after 40, we're talking 40 years of marital experiences to two separate husbands, I tell people not at the same time, but <laughs> going through this and like it was a, it was a identity crisis, so to speak, that I was gradually facing, realizing what am I going to do? I'm all about authenticity and showing up. I have to now embrace the fact that I'm a twice divorced relationship therapist. And so given that, that was basically, I knew I needed to change my thought patterns. I needed to learn who is Judy, like Judy, that's been, had three different last names, Judy Welch, Judy Magnuson, Judy Herman, like in my website says judycounselor.com, like who is this woman, right? And so I hung around a lot of personal development coaches and people and programs and just wanted to bust through my mental health therapist therapy in the four walls of my counseling office needed to break through my mindset. And I just invested in my life. So there, therefore, I started my own podcast called Better Relationships, Better Life. I hosted relationship therapists and influencers and entre other entrepreneurial couples, because that's who I have attracted in my counseling practice. And by the way, I provide retreats now. I'm no longer in the four walls of the counseling office. So out of that experience of doing podcasts, and maybe some, some of what you feel even with this interview, Catherine, there was so much energy that I had talking with other people and also just showing up real and being myself in front of the microphone and also being able to reach people beyond those that would ever, you know, meet me face to face or hire me as their therapist. So given that, I, I had divided this book and structured the book now, Relationships with Purpose, and the subtitle is Secrets to Better Relationships and a Better Life, and four different categories. So if anybody like would be maybe embarrassed to go to a bookstore and pick up a book about mental illness, severe mental illness in your marriage, well, they can pick this book up and go to the, go to the section about better relationships that with challenges, which covers ADHD, severe mental illness. I did interview Mark Lukash, who, who wrote the book, My Lovely Wife, The Psych Ward. And then also like how to end relationships. That's the last part of the book. Or relationships that last. Those are, you know, giving people some insight. Well, what what is a healthy relationship? What is a resilient relationship? What is the quote unquote secret to the people who have 53 years of marital experience, you know, to one person, right? To one, but how have they grown? How have they evolved? And what are those ingredients in their lives that makes this a lifelong marital relationship? So I, it was like kind of a growth edge. I call them growth edges when we, bust through some of those limited thinking or even the limited thinking of our own professions. It helped me to get outside of myself. And so that was the birth of my second book. 
All right, that's great. Let me just remind people that you're listening to Divorce Dialogues, and I'm Catherine Miller. Divorce Dialogues is a podcast dedicated to educating people about divorce-related topics so that everyone can divorce with dignity. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts to be sure that you don't miss an episode. And I'm talking today with Judy Herman about relationships and about her books and her work. And Judy, you know, a lot of people come into a lot of divorces end because of mental illness on one or character disorders or, or something along those lines, right? That one or maybe both people are, are struggling with issues that make it harder to do the work that is necessary to stay in a long-term relationship if that's desired. And also a lot of people come in these days and say, you know, my spouse is a narcissist. It's a very sort of kind of inward, right? That to, mm-hmm. to describe that. And, and I've talked to a number of people about narcissism and about, and whether or not it's, you know, do you really mean they're self-centered, you know, all about themselves? Or are you really talking about a diagnosable mental illness? So could you talk a little bit about the difference between the two things and, and what, and how people could know? Yeah. How, how can you know then? I think what I'm hearing you say is how can you know the difference between a person's perhaps their character versus maybe the mental illness? Is, is that kind of what you're asking there? Yeah, or even the difference? You know, yeah. someone's just only interested in themselves isn't necessarily a diagnosable narcissist, right? But someone who really struggles with a mental illness who really cannot be any any different than the way they are because they're actually sick. Right. Great, great question. I have struggled with this even as a mental health therapist. Well, here's the uh, the diagnostic and statistical manual that all of us as mental health professionals know inside and out. It's like the Bible to for diagnoses. Well, any diagnosis requires, if it, it, if it interferes with occupational, relational, or social functioning, it's an illness, it's diagnosable, let's say. Okay, when it comes to narcissism, okay, so narcissism, personality disorders, there's like nine personality disorders, okay, that falls in that category that's more, so it's called an axis two, without getting too much in the weeds here, we got axis one, which is, you know, treatable, axis two, which is more long-term characterological, okay, so when it comes to people putting labels on their spouses, yes, it could be very much true that they have some narcissistic characteristics, and that they even have perhaps the the diagnosable you know category of that but most of the time it like you know it is on a spectrum every one of us to a certain extent have self-interest and we see ourselves you know in our own perspectives where it becomes a problem is when it gets fixated in the brain so the fixated thinking the inability or the pattern of not being flexible and not being able to unlock a different perspective. So I don't know if that's helpful or not. I have my personally really struggled with this with my second husband. And what I have learned is it's not so simple really to put a label on a human being and to know what were they responsible for? Could he have maybe months before had this self-awareness? Well, in writing my books and doing the research, especially when you're dealing with someone who has psychotic tendencies. That that psychosis is when you're taken out of reality, where you have what you call delusions or hallucinations. And again, I might be getting too much in the weeds with this, but when anything like that happens, there's a thing called anosognosia, where it's a condition in the brain, which makes it impossible for that person to connect the dots 
from their past to their present or from the circumstances of their illness to the the effects of that and how it affects other people, right, in their lives. So there's that sticky part. It's hard to have a clean, you know, description of this. I think the main thing is, is that if you're living with someone who has a severe mental illness or who has a characterological, you know, issue, I think it's it's important to know what is your number one tolerance level? What do you want to live with? If you have a spouse who is, you know, has that label of narcissist and he, let's say he goes to a therapist, your marriage is about to break up or whatever, the degree of that person's change may be like a baby step. They may always have those tendencies, perhaps, but there is room for improvement is what I'm trying to say. What can you live with? It's important because here's what happens. I What I have discovered in my own life, what I've discovered in other, especially female therapists or, or any other females that are in the helping professions, whether they're nurses, coaches, there is that narcissistic people with those kind of characteristics are drawn like magnets to a person who is very empathic because then that person who is empathic says, oh, I'm the only one that can understand this person. And they usually take on the load that they may not have their own boundaries, right? They may not really realize, wait a minute, this is not mine to own, but I cannot, and this is, I think, a growth edge for me for many years, You cannot think another person's thoughts and whether you're raising kids and you think you can do that. Like, I mean, we all struggle with this to a certain extent, right? And you can't think another person's thoughts. You can't make another person's decisions for them. You cannot feel another person's feelings in their body. So it's important to make sure that you have a differentiation between yourself and the other and then face the reality. It's the facing of the reality that really then requires us, oh, I've got to let go. I've got to grieve. I have got to stay in what is really going on here. All right, Judy Herman, you just said a whole heck of a lot there. So I did. If I can just kind of interpret a little bit if, and see if I'm right about this. You know, part of it is if you have, if you're dealing with a spouse who's narcissistic or, you know, really has any other mental illness issues, there, there's a place at which they cannot control that, right? That they, that they're, there's places where they may be somewhat disconnected from reality. And, and that that is, while there are things that could happen along the, the stages of the onset that might be choices one way or the other, particularly if this isn't the first rodeo, you know, this is not the first time they're experiencing it that there is a sort of disconnection from reality that happens at, at some point. And, and, and so that's one thing. And, and I think it's really interesting because a lot of people who come to my office to seek a divorce or to talk about divorce are really stuck in a kind of right, wrong, you know, good, bad kind of dynamic. And when you're dealing with someone with mental illness, I actually think the right, wrong dynamic is a false dynamic. Like it, it just, it's very natural to feel that way. And it does, it's not very helpful, but the people are fine. It's like, I've been doing this and I've been doing this. And why doesn't he, why doesn't she respond in the way that I'd like them to? They must be bad people because they're not responding. And that's not necessarily true, which doesn't necessarily mean you want or should stay married to them. I mean, I'm just saying that that, right, that person doesn't have to be wrong 
for a divorce to be the right decision. All right, now I'm going to pause for a second. Is is that an un- yeah? Yeah. So here's the point I really want your listeners to hear. For our focus to be because because here's the thing. Think of the human brain as kind of like your thermostat. Okay, and we have we can set it on hot or cold and that would be the judgment piece, right? We can't like, we're going to judge either, like you said, this dichotomy of right and wrong is not really working. Although here you are in a field in which it has to kind of come to that, right? But but think of, so there's two factors here that the that I'm thinking the brain is like a thermostat, which is you cannot have judgment and curiosity simultaneously. So it's going to be natural to go to the judgment because the brain, neurologically speaking, wants to wants to make sense of what's going on. Somebody has to be right. Somebody has to be wrong. So if we could put that aside a little bit, because I, I here's the challenge. And when you're in the thick of it, it's hard to it's hard to think this way. Right. But it can be a, a, a profound and simple way to think. That if we can get our focus off of this person is right or wrong, and instead, or can this person control their behavior or not, you know, because of whether they're ill or not, the bottom line is, what are you going to do about it? Like if you like if here, here's a common thing is that people who have the bipolar diagnosis, which has gotten a really bad rap, which is too bad. But they refuse to take medication. Well, why do they refuse to take medication? There's like all kinds of reasons underneath all of that. But whether you have ADHD or whether you have bipolar disorder or anything or depression or anxiety, your refusal to show up or to care for yourself is the real issue here. Do you want a spouse that is going to take responsibility? Because that's what it takes to have a long-term marriage. You've got to take full response or any kind of marriage for that matter, that's going to be sustainable. Are you going to take responsibility? So if one person is not and the other person is, what is that person that is going to do about it? Because you, and, and to lay off the judgment piece, although I know that's necessary, I guess in the legal system, right. But I'm talking as a therapist Sure. and what are you going to do about that? You're listening to Divorce Dialogues, and I'm Catherine Miller. Divorce Dialogues has been educating people about divorce and relationship issues for over 10 years. Subscribe to the podcast, and don't forget to check out our previous episodes on the podcast website, divorcedialogues.com. And I'm talking today with Judy Herman about relationships and mental illness. And Judy, if people want to learn more about your books or, or find out more about working with you, how can they do that? They can go to judycouncilor.com. Actually, my my book, if you want to go right to the second book, that is relationshipswithpurpose.com, not .org, but .com, relationshipswithpurpose.com. And there's actually, you can buy the book through Amazon or wherever, but you can also download your free relationship stress quiz. So that's available. And honestly, anybody that's listening to this and if anything is stirring in their souls about what this conversation is all about, you can go directly to my website and take a relationship stress quiz. And you know, you've said this before, I'm sure on your on some of your episodes, Catherine, I've heard it. Stress will kill you, right? You want to know what stress is going on and how can you get to a point where you're not co-creating that or at least you're aware Right. And take and go into that next level of awareness. So, yeah. yeah. 
So we have about four minutes left in the episode. And in those, in those minutes, Judy, could we talk about strategies that people can use to help them kind of stay grounded when they're facing crazy making interactions with their spouse or I guess with anybody? Absolutely. And I do. I'm I'm excited because I it's not out yet. I don't know when people are going to be listening to this, but I am creating an online course uh, called From Chaos to Calm. Six weeks to jumpstart emotionally safe conversations. Here's a couple of takeaways and something that I have seen repeatedly. There's a lot of shame that goes on when you're in this kind of a relationship. And then shame then is is the is a pathway to isolation. When you're isolated, that's the worst thing you can do. It's important for you to be, you know, vulnerable with a trusted friend, a therapist, you know, clergy person, someone that you can trust and share that so that you're not alone. Shame. So that's another one. I mean, that's shame busting is one. Taking deep breaths. The best thing you can do is take a deep breath of air like three times from your belly. It will ground you. It will slow down the nervous system. But by all means, if you're in a very, if you're in in an intense situation, get help from a qualified mental health therapist coach, whatever, just make sure that you are not alone. You're not trying to figure this thing out on your own. I mean, there's plenty of other podcasts, by the way, that specialize in these kind of things. There's plenty of things out there that we can learn, books. But I'm saying that that having someone who knows you and knows your situation and knows how to give you the kind of perspective for your next right step, just think, what is the next right thing? Otherwise, it's just so overwhelming. So that's what I would recommend. You know, I think that's a great way to end the episode. That's really great advice. Judy Herman, thank you so much for being my guest on Divorce Dialogues. It's been a pleasure. My pleasure as well, Catherine. Thank you.